Hello there, you beautiful Floridians. So glad to have you with us on another streaming edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. The actual star of the show is back this week, and I'm very excited. <laughs> Ginger Gadsden is is done with her luxurious vacationing, and she is back on the show. How you doing, Gigi? You know I was gone. Matt called me a star. That means he had to do extra work last week, so he must have missed me. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, I heard you did a great job. Um, I'm happy to be back. I was happy for the reason I was gone. I got a new dog for a part of it, so mm. I'm good. Everything's good. That it's good dog, to see you. That dog is a scrumptious. That is for sure. So adorable. Yeah. It's adorable. Um, Sheep-a-doodle. So, she got, her, got herself a sheep-a-doodle. Um, hopefully, we can hear him bark during this episode, I would imagine. So. Uh, yeah. God. <laughs> well, we, we are talking about some interesting stuff today. This is a subject near and dear to our hearts. Fake news. Will a mask kill you? My blood pressure just went up when you said the words. Every time we post anything on social media, we get called fake news. So we brought in this week a fake news expert. We have Dr. Chrysalis Wright from the UCF Media and Migration Lab. She is going to break down the difference between fake news and biased news. She's going to help us to identify that fake news when we see it. So we are going to arm you with everything you need to fight the fake news, and maybe you can stop calling I us fake news in the process. I Gigi. did. <laughs> so I'm, I cannot wait to have this conversation because I think people will learn a lot. And I think it's going to be therapeutic for me. <laughs> yeah. You try to, I, I don't have a beat button here, so I need you to keep it PC. <laughs> keep it clear. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, you know, a lot has been going on in the world. And we are, of course, in Florida, which is now considered honestly, like the epicenter of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so every day, Matt and I go on the air, and at some point, we take a news conference, a press conference from our governor, Governor Ron DeSantis. And he is everywhere in the state all the time because every morning when the new numbers come out, he's got to address it or, you know, because people have questions. But he was in Miami-Dade, which really got hit hard by the pandemic and people were not having it. So, you know, he got heckled and it's the first time I can remember him. And he's done a lot of these since this started, a mm -hmm. lot of these uh, news conferences. This is the first time I can remember that someone actually heckled him. This guy was letting him have it. And I think you have some sound, Matt, from that meeting mm -hmm. in, in Miami. So we can just kind of get a taste of the furor of this guy couple but it was obviously much different than what we're uh, than what we're finding here so i think the um so i think so at that time when we had the um when we were here, we had a whole bunch of concerns about what would end up happening in the next few okay, weeks. Okay, so you, you get the idea. The, the governor just talks right over the guy, and the guy is saying, shame on you, more than 4,000 people have died, and he just says, you have and nothing. And, you know, he tried, they escorted him out of the meeting and they grabbed him. And he, the part that was funny to me is that he said to the security person who was trying to take him out, he's like, social distance, don't touch me. <laughs> you know, so even this guy was aware 
in that moment, that heated moment, like you shouldn't be in my face. You shouldn't be touching me. You know, you're not six feet apart from me. I can walk out on, on my own. But I feel like so many people had that rage here in Florida uh, toward the governor because over the weekend we had more than 15,000 positive cases and people were saying, okay, this is the time he's going to mandate uh, wearing masks and nothing happened. And yeah. people, that guy was upset about that. That's all, and that's the basic, that's the basic thing that most people want, just for him to mandate everyone to wear a mask. And yeah, well, no. Well, yeah, and the anxiety is high right now, for sure. I've, from what I've read and heard, the guy who, who kind of staged this is a bit of a, uh, an extreme kind of blogger who, who does these things yeah. to sort of gain attention. He's in the press media briefing when really he's not an actual member of the media. If you no. ever saw a member of local or national media do that, you know that you are reading at minimum bias news. Uh, but it was interesting to see Ron DeSantis's reaction to that. He did look shaken, Gigi. I don't know about you. He's usually pretty composed during these press conferences. Yeah. That definitely affected him. Well, you know, the guy was saying things that he, the guy was yelling actual facts at him. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's hard to dispute as well. And I feel like since it's never happened before and he's done dozens and dozens of mm -hmm. these since the pandemic started and to have that happen for the first time is probably like, how did this guy get in? And he racked up more than, I think at the last count, it's almost 2 million views and that's just on Twitter. Yeah. So I'm sure his social media accounts a heckler, uh, which we're not saying his name, but you know, because he posted that he did it immediately after. So, you know, he was doing it for, yeah. you know, attention. But he it, it worked to his advantage. He got close to two million views, at least on Twitter anyway. Mission accomplished. And the number one podcast in the state of Florida is now talking about him. So uh, <laughs> that now that's fake news. Self, like, that's fake news. Self-proclaimed in front of that. <laughs> the self-proclaimed <laughs> number one podcast is talking about him. <laughs> Can we take a brief break from the crazy news and talk about just the sweetest story I have heard in so long? So there is this husband and wife. The husband has dementia. He's in an assisted living center. Uh, assisted living center. The wife has not been able to see him for 114 days. Let me show you this beautiful couple here. So this woman was so desperate to see her husband. She had tried, you know, seeing him through his window and visit him any way she can. She couldn't. So she got the assisted living center to hire her as a dishwasher just so she could see her husband face to face. Uh, let's listen to Mary here as she talks about what it was like seeing her husband. He saw me and he said, Mary. And, and we hugged and... Um, just like I had thought it would be, um, just to hold him again after 114 days is just an amazing, an amazing feat. Oh, can you hear her voice cracking when she's talking about that moment when she got to oh. hug this man? And, and the fact that he recognized it had been 114 days. You know, uh, someone with dementia has no idea why no one's coming to visit him. And she found a way around it. She was on a mission. And I just love that story. Yeah, you know, when you think about the toll this pandemic has taken on people, you kind of you think about the people who are only suffering with COVID-19, but then you realize there are people who can't have visitors because of it, even if they don't have it, you know. And so for this poor guy to, I'm sure he loves his wife because obviously she loves him. And it's the sweetest thing that I've seen in a long time. I'm glad we were able to to share that moment with people. But that's just dedication, man. She got a job 
in the place. You know, she had to learn how to do washing it, so. dishes too. That yes, is not yes. an easy job. Yeah. 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 We should be so lucky to have a spouse like that. Right. That's fantastic. Very true. Okay. So another story we'd like to talk about that has nothing to do with the pandemic is about a guy that I really, I love this man. I really do. Even when he played for the magic and then he left the magic and people were mad at him, <laughs> you know, he's still just such a likable guy. I'm talking of course about Shaquille O'Neal and he just seems to show up in the right place at the right time. So we have some video of him. Cause you know, so this woman's tire blew out. This is in Alachua County. And her tire blew out. She's on the side of the road. And a road ranger stops to help. But the person who stopped before the road ranger was, you don't even, look at his, look at that statue. Look at that outline. <laughs> you recognize that anywhere. That is Shaq Diesel. He's helping this family. And it's so, it just restores your faith in humanity. Because this guy is a superstar. He's powerful. He's popular. He could have just kept on cruising, but he saw this family in need and he just stopped And that. It just warms my heart and it makes me love him even more. And I just feel like if more people had that kind of attitude where if you need help and I see it and I'm going to help you, man, we'd be such a strong, strong nation right yeah. now. And I would it would we just need more of Shaq Diesel in our life right now. I wonder how many people <laughs> are out there on the turnpike intentionally breaking down now. <laughs> Hoping, hoping see them. to just get a chance to meet Shaquille O'Neal because he is one of my favorite athletes. I know there was some animosity there when he left the Magic, but I mean, come on, he is he is one of the funniest, coolest uh, dudes that you'll find as an athlete. And uh, so likable. I'm not just surprised. So I have heard stories behind the scenes, some incredibly cool stories about him just doing random things for strangers that'll yeah. just it'll just I knock you over. So yeah, it is so good. Time for our favorite segment of the week. And now, your Floridian of the Week. <laughs> okay, so look at this scene here. This is the rating of what some called a church at one time, but this church didn't really, uh, didn't really talk about anything except this miracle cure that it called. Uh, see those? Those are cans of bleach. They were selling this as a cure for COVID-19. There was this whole group of people, four men were arrested. And, you know, in the middle of this pandemic, people really taking advantage, selling this fake COVID-19 cure. This happened over in Bradenton. And when cops raided the place, look at all the cans of bleach they found. This is That needs to go back on the market. <laughs> I know. We need that stuff, right? So, Ginger, I have a miracle cure for you uh, that I would like. <laughs> it is going to make everything just turn out so well all you have to do is guzzle it down and uh i just i found it it was easy uh, i've been doing it all wrong i've just been swishing with it and spitting it out no so. no you can't swish no you can't swish you gotta rub it all over you that's you know but that's you know when we talk about fake news that is the epitome of it it's like that's just bleach people if that were the cure guess what no covid19 oh man we got paula thompson joining us saying don't drink the jesus juice she's saying and uh people laughing at the comments we have we have received already a lot of nice fake news comments 
about us. And uh, okay. this, this is part of it, people saying that bleach can uh, cure you. So I would like to bring in our, well, sh Ginger, should we talk about the lovely comments you and I get on a daily basis about people thinking we're fake news? Every time I post a comment on the coronavirus numbers, because we get the numbers from the Florida Department of Health every single day, and uh, our job is to inform people about the numbers and give them facts, and that's all we can do, right? Yeah. But every time I post it, they chime right in. It's like, Ginger, I'm just going to assume Here. they sound like that. Will you, will you <laughs> read it in his I'm voice, please? I think this guy sounds. The numbers are all lies. <laughs> this is a democratic shutdown. Ginger, you need to dig for the truth. And so, you know. Just dig. Dig for that truth. I imagine he sounds like. And so we, and just every single day, like clockwork, uh, now I just don't respond because thank God there are other people on social media who, you know, they read, they don't believe everything they read and they chime in and they will beat that person down and say, just, just stop it, dude. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. I got one as well. I posted a story about how I was on vacation and enjoying with my kids, you know, and they, and yeah. you know, taking a break from the news, this person says, I really don't know how the news people survive reporting the same old thing day after day, especially when they have to know it's not usually true or factual. How in the hell would I think that it is not true or factual what I'm saying? Most Americans are smart enough to know better. Here's my favorite part of the whole thing. I hardly watch the news anymore because it isn't new. So you mean to tell me you don't watch the news, yet you are willing to go on my Facebook page and tell me <laughs> that everything I'm saying is fake and actually made up. So <sighs> Everything I haven't seen you do, man. Yes. I watch. I never watch you, but I know it's wrong. So let's bring in our fake news expert. This woman uh, has talked to the FBI. She has talked to the United Nations, Dr. Chrysalis Wright. She is over at the UCF Media and Migration Lab. Doctor, thank you so much for, for joining us to talk about fake news. Thanks for having me. No, it's our pleasure. So, I mean, it, uh, you know, when someone becomes an expert in something, that means it's a problem. So, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's been around enough that you you can, you know, we're like, you're our fake news expert right now. Tell us a little bit about why this is so prevalent right now, because you hear it all the time. Yeah, you hear it all day, every day. Um, so I want to talk about, you know, the numbers you report and kind of the comments that you get and people saying, oh, um, the numbers that you're reporting are fake. Part of the problem we have is just people's general distrust in news media more generally. So our reputable news sources, um, people don't trust them. And a lot of that, I think, stems from biased reporting that you might see on some very far left or far right types news stations, such as CNN and Fox. I use those examples because you know they are, they are known to, to do biased reporting. One is far left and the other one far right. There's also known instances of reputable news sources doing what I call staging. Um, I saw one recently, I, I actually forget the name of the, you know, the station, but a news reporter was outside, had her microphone, and it appeared as though she was outside of a hospital reporting what was, you know, mm -hmm. current numbers and so on. But in actuality, she was in front of a green screen and it was depicting a picture of a hospital. So that's staging. 
That doesn't mean that what she's saying is false. It's not false. But she is engaging in staging for presentation purposes. And when people see that, they view it as fake. And when people hear every day, that's fake news, that's fake news, that's fake news, they have this distrust in news media. They distrust science. People have developed a distrust from the very sources that are supposed to be giving us facts, such as the CDC, right? And uh, the health organizations, these are our experts. If we can't trust our experts, then where are people getting their news from? And the answer to that is YouTube, social media, such as Facebook and Twitter. Um, so we really need to have a clear distinction on exactly what fake news is versus biased reporting. And I think once we can figure that out, you know, and have people understand the distinction, then we can do better at fighting fake news because fake news right now is, is dangerous. It's not funny anymore, mm -hmm. um, especially fake news related to the coronavirus. It's dangerous. And we see how dangerous it is when we have over 15,000 new cases over the weekend. And then I think yesterday there was another 10,000 new cases. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, fake news, it turns out it's when I don't agree with what you have just said, then it's fake to me. That's, yeah, that's a problem. Um, fake news on social media is a problem, whether we're talking about YouTube or say Facebook, for instance. So both of those are social media platforms. And both of those have algorithms that basically give you recommended view, recommended things to view based on your previous click, clicking and viewing patterns, right? So it presents you with stuff that the media platform believes you're going to click on and like and respond to and so on. That's a problem because we only see stuff that already fits our view that leads to confirmation bias. It kind of pulls us into this echo chamber where we start to believe that everybody believes what we believe, which it kind of is reflected in that media post where it said, most Americans don't believe the news. Well, that person is in an echo chamber. They only see stuff that confirms their already existing beliefs. And that's a problem. We really need to be able to take information from multiple sources so even if you know that, say, Fox and CNN are biased media, right, watch both. Because in there, even though they're presenting it to you from a particular slant, the truth is in there somewhere. And you as a consumer should have the ability to kind of pull that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's become a catch all. You know, it's kind of like that kid in school when like he didn't know what to say to try to hurt your feelings. And he'd be like, well, your mom, you know. <laughs> Your mom, uh, that's what fake news is. It's like, you can't point to, I've got people in the comments right now telling us how we're fake news. I got one guy saying, oh, we're the Washington Post. He does so much research. He goes, oh, you guys are related with the Washington Post and Jeff Bezos. Actually, if you checked out a news article, maybe in the last, I don't know, four or five years, we're not owned by the same company. That's owned by Jeff Bezos. We're owned by a company called Graham Holdings. But, you know, obviously we got all these like journalists, keyboard journalists who do one Google search from like 12 years ago, and then they try to spin it into, yeah. you know, whatever they want to do. So is that what, do they like to grab just a morsel of truth? And then, you know, is that one of the things, Doc, that they use is just one little maybe shred of truth and then just try to expand it into a lie? When people do a Google search, 
uh, they're only going to pull out the stuff that agrees with them anyways. So if they scroll through, say, 20, you know, search hits, they're only going to pull out the very few that are consistent with what they already believe. They're looking for stuff to confirm their views. They're not looking for, you know, multiple perspectives and multiple um, ideas on the same topic because there's always going to be more than one side to the story. They only look for stuff that already confirms their views. And that, that's a problem. Um, especially right now, you know, you were talking about the cases. There's tons of news stories right now on social media saying that all of the reported cases, case numbers are inflated, that, um, you know, they're doing fake testing. And, you know, this person knows this person who knows a person whose best friend, you know, didn't have any symptoms and got tested positive, And then they spread it on social media. Though that's fake, it's false. And those types of narratives that continue to be shared just push this notion that this whole coronavirus issue, it's it's fake, it's not real. There's even one going around that the CDC has retracted the idea that COVID is an epidemic. No, they haven't. It's a global pandemic. It, that hasn't went away. <laughs> There's stuff saying that masks are dangerous to wear. No, they're not. Tell the surgeon who wears a mask for hours at a time while performing your surgery. Do you not want them to wear a mask because it's dangerous for them to wear it? Or saying that the masks are ineffective? No, they're not. I mean, you know, where are you getting your information from if you can't trust the reputable news sources? Where are they getting it from? Yeah, so Dr. Wright, and I find that it's, you know, you people are searching for people who think just like them. So they share, a, first they share a fake news article and then that gets shared again and again and again. And by the time you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. So now you have all of these people who are group thinking now. And besides hiding them on social media or unfriending them or whatever, and some of them are family members that you just can't explain it to, what do you suggest we do? Because people don't actually want to do the work. They just want, you know, Cousin Vern just tweeted this and I'm going to retweet it because I know he knows what he's talking about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... It's important to remember that when people post or share these fake news stories on social media, that they're not doing it to intentionally mislead other people. Most of the time they see something on you know, their social media post, they themselves truly believe it, right? Because it's consistent with their, these views they already have and they wanna help other people. That's why they share it. And so on Facebook, for instance, you can see what your friends have liked and replied to and so on. So when they share it, they're trying to help. So they have good intentions, but their intentions lead to just the perpetuation of this false information, particularly about the coronavirus. Um, my suggestion would be to you know, respond to them privately. Uh, when you respond publicly on Facebook, for instance, a lot of times it's just gonna cause you know, a lot of arguing, name calling, you know, very heated discussions. And when we have that, people are not going to change, right? So, for instance, if someone posts a racist p comment and then someone says, hey, you're racist, that shuts down the conversation right there. It's over. That person is not open now to seeing other perspectives, right? So a lot of times posting privately, sending that private message and saying, hey, what you posted is incorrect. I know it's incorrect because the CDC says blah, blah, blah and post, you know, give them the link 
to your source. Give them the link so that they can do their own fact checking. If we can do it in a way that shows respect, you know, for other people and for the person posting, I believe we're more likely to see a change. People are going to more likely to say, oh, crap, I did post something that was false. I'm going to take that down. So it's the little steps like that that can help. Um, I don't recommend arguing. You know, that's just yeah. that's not going to help. Yeah, that's so. that's not going to go anywhere good. One thing I want to bring, and somebody's talking about, how about your sources of reference? This is what Shelly uh, is talking about, and I think this is actually very important to bring up. A lot of people give us a hard time because of the numbers. These are actually not our numbers. Like, these are the numbers the state of Florida is giving out. Matt Austin doesn't have his abacus and he's counting up the number. <laughs> you don't want that. I don't want that. We are reporting numbers given us to from the state to uh, you and media outlets, and you can go on there and look at them uh, whenever you want. So my question is, the source is not only important of the raw data. I think this source is very important when you get a story. A lot of people send me stories and say, oh, is this is this a real story? And you can just tell by where it came from that it's not. How important is it that we rely on those trusted sources of information, Doc? It's very important because anytime you're getting your information from a non-reputable or non-scientific source, it's a problem. So if we're looking for factual information about the coronavirus, we should be getting our information from um, the CDC, uh, even the WHO, even though we've kind of separated our ties with them for the moment, those are reputable sources. This is their job. These, this is their expertise. Um, if we're looking for, I don't know, a cure uh, for the coronavirus, we need to get our information from experts that focus on disease. There are, you know, that's such a thing, and that's Dr. Fauci. That's our expert. Um, so the source is very much important. You know, if you can't find the source, if you can't verify the source, keep it moving, keep scrolling. That's false, it's fake, and it's intended to mislead you. So, like I said before, most of the time when people share the fake news that they see, they're not doing it to mislead you. But the person who originally came up with that garbage, their intent is to mislead you. And their intent is to divide our country and to separate us. They know our weaknesses. They across the board, and they are doing an excellent job of that right now because we are not educated as a whole enough to make sure we understand the difference between facts and falsehood. Yeah, and, and it's a lot of work to educate yourself, which is why it's so easy to just take something that someone retweeted or has had millions of retweets and take it as, you know, as, as the Bible, as law, as fact. And that's, and that's, I feel like we're getting into trouble. That's where our experts come in. That's why we have experts. These are experts who picked, selected a particular field. They went to school for probably way longer than they ever wanted to, right? I mean, I went to school for 10 years to get a doctorate degree. That's a very long time. That's a lot of commitment, you know? So these are our experts. They go to school for an exceptionally long amount of time then they're engaged in research and service. They're very active in their field for, an, for the rest of their lives. So for instance, I'm, I'm an expert in my particular area, but I'm not a disease expert, right? I, I, that's not my area of expertise. That's not my area of research. 
And to be honest, I would not want to do that. I'm not interested in it. So if I have questions on what I can do to prevent the coronavirus or the spread or what I need to do to protect my family, I'm going to go to the CDC. I'm going to be listening to what Dr. Fauci said because he's an expert in this area. You know, the guy down the street that has a website, he's not an expert unless we just, you know, maybe he did go to school for a very long time and he majored in statistics and I don't know, maybe, I don't know what he's doing. It's, it's, but unless, there's the perfect. Unless he has the credentials and, yeah. Yeah. No, Doc, there's a perfect uh, Curtis Mendenhall says he loves the meme that says, I'm not going to believe the medical specialist with the education and training. I'm going to believe some guy I went to high school with who flunked out of high school biology. <laughs> that is a pretty good yeah. one. And that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what happened. People just see the world through whatever lens. And, 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 and I'm not talking about one. I'm talking about both parties. We're talking about people on the left and on the right. They definitely use stories and information to try to influence you in a certain way. And and it seems like people are more receptive to that than ever. Can I just can I just speak on the political nature of fake news for just a second? So so yes, you know, both Demo you know, far liberals and far rights are going to report news in a way that matches their political, you know, agenda or political views. However, we have a clear distinction on which political party is more likely to reject reputable news sources and gravitate and believe fake news. And that's conservatives right now. And that's a problem. That's a huge problem because it shows the divide that we currently have. This virus is not a political virus. This is a health concern, a global health concern. It should not matter if you're Republican or Democrat. That, that's irrelevant at this point. This was an opportunity, you know, if, if you want to even view it like that, but this was an opportunity to reunite our country and bring everyone together to fight against this virus together, right? And we missed that. Instead, we have, oh, if you wear a mask, it means you're a Republican. No, it doesn't. It means I care about my kids. It means I care about other people when I go out, you know, to do whatever it is I need to do. It has nothing to do with my political affiliation. And I've posted, you know, responses on to fake news that I've seen on social media. And they're like, oh, you're a Democrat. Just quit spreading your jargon. I'm not a Democrat. I'm apolitical, as are most researchers and most scientists. Most of us make sure that we keep politics out of research. And that's always been my goal to do that. And it's really disheartening to see that in this particular instance, Fake news has become extremely political. It should not be. It's almost yeah. being weaponized mm -hmm. in a way. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, uh, we can certainly see from our chat today uh, that no minds were changed from this. And everybody is just going to keep believing whatever they want. But, hey, we gave it a shot. You know, and and, and and I wish things. I like you said. I wish things weren't just political. I, I wish we didn't see everything from our own lenses, and we could just kind of take a fresh uh, look at things. Uh, but that does not appear to be the world we live in. But hey, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see how can, things go. Just, can I just say one thing? Though? You sure can. One final thing, and I, I, it it just it's so painful because it doesn't benefit 
us when they when they go the media, which is another term I've grown to dislike the media because what what does that even mean anymore? But I'll use it. When people in the media report facts and we talk about something that obviously has numbers behind it and people are sick, people are dying and more people are getting sick and more people are dying. What benefit is that to us? I mean, when we say Florida is the epicenter, I don't say that in a boastful way. I say that in a way, well, this is where I live. This is my home, and I don't want it to be that way. It does not benefit us when the news is terrible, especially about something like that. And I just wanted to say that because people think, oh, guys, you you profit from bad news. You love bad news, and you love making <laughs> it up, and you love delivering it. And it's like, no, I, I would love to do a newscast with nothing except wagging puppy tails and maybe throw a Ooh. cat or two in for the cat people. <laughs> and, you know, and let's just all live happily ever after. That's I just wanted to say that because it That's doesn't it. make any sense when people think we. Yeah, I have yeah. a, I have a comment. So when people say the media, that in itself, that phrase just shows you a lack of understanding of what the media actually is. So, for instance, music is a part of media. Um, cartoons is media. Television is media. Movies is media. What they're referring to is news media, and they really need to be clear on exactly which news media they're talking about. Are they talking about liberal, conservative, slanted, you know, reporting? Are they talking about unbiased reporting sources? Um, from experience, it seems that local media sources, news media sources, are less biased in their reporting than national types of news. So we have to be specific in terms of what we're talking about. And um, I do think it is a shame that we have basically caught some national reporting that used staging. You know, they used a mannequin in a report, you know, the green screens, um, you know, there was that even a story about paints exactly. us all with that terrible brush. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And when they do that, people say, okay, if I now I know this is false, right? I can't trust national news reporting. I can't trust the mainstream media. So now that means everything I see on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter has to be true, right? So I think if we can make sure that our reputable news sources maintain that reputation of being an accurate news source, then we can kind of help fight against this just constant flood of fake news on social media. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great point. Local news is not the same as uh, CNBC, CNN, Fox News, we don't do the same thing. We certainly don't have the same mission. We're just looking to uh, try to give you the best information we can. So Dr. Wright, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about something that I know you live in and you're constantly in. Got some great information from you today. Ginger Gadsden, I appreciate your fake news every night at 530. <laughs> it always... It's so good. But no, this was uh, this was a good episode. Hopefully, hopefully some folks, uh, maybe one or two out there, will watch it and, and, and glean some things from it. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. This has been another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next week, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> Bye.